Hi, everyone. My name is Rob Bowen. I started with Hawksoft about two years ago. The reason I went with Hawksoft was the salesperson spent way too much time with me, spent about six hours walking through what Hawksoft could do for my agency, how it could help my agency, and uh, how I could become a larger agency. Then I had the pleasure of meeting Paul and Sean Hawkins at the first national convention of Hawksoft that I went to, um, and I felt like I was treated like every other customer, even though my agency is not that large. Once I got to know the culture of Hawksoft, I knew I had made a good decision. My name is Rob Bowen, Patriotic Insurance Group. I joined Hawksoft for the culture. Hey guys, it's Bradley. I want to tell you about Ascend. Ascend is not just another premium finance company. Ascend will solve all of your agency bill problems through automation of invoicing, premium financing, carrier payables, all the way to the end of the workflow. There's a lot of hidden costs with how you're doing business today. AMSs, CRMs can spend more than half the day chasing down payments, following up on non-pays, getting signatures for financing docs. This leads to an overworked, overwhelmed, unhappy team. And guys, you want your team to be happy. Industry's hard enough as it is. We really need them to be happy. As your agency grows, this issue gets worse and worse, and we typically solve the problem with a little bit of software, but a ton of manpower still involved. With Ascend, you can use a software-first solution and just need a little bit of manpower, allowing you to grow without significant increase in overhead. Ascend automates all of these repetitive payment processes so your team can get back to helping your clients. With Ascend, we've seen non-payment cancellations in our agency go down up to 95%. Teams save more than 20 hours per month when they work with Ascend and an average of a 75% decrease in payment-related customer questions. Guys, if people aren't calling your office with questions, you have more time to sell and grow your agency. Visit useascend.com backslash insurance, guys. Guys, Ascend makes agency bill as easy as direct bill, but you keep all of the benefits of agency bill the best of both worlds. Thanks, guys. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, powered by Hawksoft. God, I love Hawksoft. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Mobile, Alabama. Parade first team All-American rivals five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? I'm great. I, I'm great. In-person guest today. Yeah, I'm not used to this. It's kind of <laughs> weird. Guys, we're we're excited to be here today. Bradley. I came down to Mobile, drove down here last night to tell you one thing. I am more than willing to take on your nanny role for you. Okay. Would, I'm I'm just going to go ahead and get out of the insurance business. You'll be the manny. I'll be a manny. That's right. So where are you with that? Look, I think the most important and most selfish question that I can ask you is how – is this nanny or lack thereof situation going to affect our podcasting tomorrow? Because you said on the text message, we're good for Monday. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to be here on Tuesday too. <laughs> so part of the problem is like I, I said on an earlier podcast a few weeks ago is I, and hopefully by the time this podcast released, uh, 
I found one. But, you know, when we when we when Luke was born, you know, we were like, hey, you know, both Laurel and I run businesses, we both mm-hmm. make good money. Like, let's not do daycare, let's hire a professional mm-hmm. person. Sure. The problem is when you hire one person and something happens to that one person, you're screwed. It's like having one big insurance account. Yeah, exactly. So our problem now is the the nanny quit with no notice. Was that a personality conflict or a just something happened and or did Luke like pick a damn was apple to, up and hit her in the head to, with her or no, something? No, it was nothing to do with him. She was an older lady. Mm. I feel like if I don't tell the story, people are gonna assume Luke's like Chucky or something. Uh she was an older lady who didn't have to work. Yeah. Uh she lived in a very nice senior community mm-hmm. that was income based. Mm-hmm. So yeah, her, she's, you know, she's kind of over it. Her bill, yeah. you know, fixed income, bills, are, you know, retirement, that sort of thing. She was doing it just because she wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think she was she was getting some familiar pressure, right. like hey, from her family, like hey, you don't have to do this. Why are you mm-hmm. doing this? Because mm-hmm. Marla and I, man, we we've got a schedule. Mm-hmm. Like we oh, do I, some stuff, trust me. you know. I and know. and it's it's hard on whoever does it with us. And um, by the way, you are recording this podcast. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, okay. I just want to make and, sure. Uh, me and Randar. Okay. So, uh, she was getting some pressure from them and then she had surgery May the 9th and was, and ended up going to the hospital mm. and was out two months. Mm. It was out the whole summer. Um, fortunately during the summer, college kids are home. So we had a lot of college kids watching him, that mm. sort of thing. It was actually great. Some of them were awesome. And then she came back, and I think she was getting some pressure while she was out not to come back. Mm-hmm. And she came back, and the first day she came back, she got COVID. And we gave it to her, unbeknownst to us, that we had it. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, by the time she tested positive, we were already over it mm-hmm. two days later. We, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think they used that as an excuse of like, see, see, see. And I yeah. think her kids like said, hey, you don't need to do this anymore. Yeah. So that, that was no, kind of the reason. So yeah. it's tough, man. We haven't found any. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, I can do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but only two hours on Monday, four hours. On, it's just it's just tough. So tomorrow, uh, worst case scenario, I'll have Shelby, my assistant, watch mm-hmm. him out in the lobby while we're here. But I think Laurel's going to keep him. So sorry for the very long answer, but I feel like hey, I owed everyone an explanation as to what happened. I think that is the perfect segue into my nanny story. Okay. When I was in the ninth grade, my sister had a nanny babysitter that my parents hired because my sister was only like three years old. Okay. And it might have been the sweetest woman I've ever met in my life. Her name was Ruby Mays. And for those of you listening out there uh, that maybe grew up Church of Christ, there was a there was a camp in Hamilton, Alabama, and I've had people ask, and and I did not grow up Church of Christ, but these uh, this camp, I've had people from all over the United States say, "You're from Hamilton, Alabama. Do you know what Maywood Christian Camp is? Right. It's a it's a Church of Christ church camp." And she lived right down the road from that church camp. And she was one of the sweetest ladies I have ever seen in my life. I'm going to make this story short because I got an all-star guest I got to bring on. One day, she pulls up to the house, and we had this big, long, tall driveway that was like 60 degrees. And she pulls up, and I just happened to be walking out to my mom's car. My mom taught school, and I would ride to school with her. And as I'm walking out, I hit the I hit the, the screen door to the uh, carport. We had an open-air carport, and I hit the screen door and walked outside to go get in the car ruby's just pulled up you know same thing as always she gets out of her car and she starts walking towards me 
And she, I said, hey, Ruby, how are you? Good, Scott. Good. She's got her purse, walks in the house. And just about the time she got even with me to walk in that screening door, I look and her damn wheels on her car are moving, her tires. Y'all, she is now in the house as I watch her 1986 Cutlass. baby shit brown Toyota Corolla start rolling off the damn hill of our driveway. You can't make this shit up. And I stood there. That driveway was probably 75 yards long going downhill. I stood there for 10 seconds, and I watched that Corolla roll straight down our driveway, across the the road, and into the woods and disappear. And now I'm standing there by myself. My mom's still in the house, and I'm looking around, and I'm thinking, I got to go tell that bitch her damn car just rolled in the woods. So I turn around and I walk back in the screen door and she, she's like standing in the living room, putting her purse down. And she probably thought you were messing with her. And I said, Miss Ruby, um, I, I, I don't know. I'm a freaking ninth grader. Ninth grader ought not have to do this. I said, uh, Miss Ruby, uh, I don't know how to tell you this, but, uh, your car's down there in the woods. And she just looks at me and she goes, what are you talking about? And I said, I just watched your car roll down our driveway and it just went lost down into the woods. I don't know what, I, I don't know after that. She kind of speed walks outside. Sure enough, her damn car ain't sitting there no more. That's some bitches in the woods. And so, and so, uh, of course we were running late to school after that because we had to call like the damn police and the record service and, you know, all that. But man, that was there, wild. There's only one thing you could say after that. Nationwide. Well, I, on I don't know who she had her insurance with, but I just remember standing there watching. She probably, that car. she probably had Alpha. Probably, if yeah, I had to bet, I would bet so too. Guys, we got a rock star guest for you today. Major breaking news in the insurance industry. Turn your radio up. You guys are going to want to listen to this podcast today, and I want to give him the introduction he's always deserved. He is originally from Lexington, Kentucky, and he currently resides in Tallahassee, Florida. He's a seasoned marketplace entrepreneur and the co-founder and CEO at Cake. With a strong background in building digital marketplaces, he and his co-founder are building a first-of-its-kind transactional marketplace in the insurance industry. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my profound honor today to introduce to you first-time guest on the IGP, Mr. Adam Bowe. How are you, Adam? Man, I am so excited to be here, and I'm so excited to be your Manny tomorrow. Oh, That's awesome. why I'm in person. Oh, okay. You know, that's Perfect. why I'm in person. You know, Scott, if Scott was was the Manny, uh, Luke's first sentence would probably be something about the, the shit bird client or something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, that about thousand percent that would happen. So uh, you know, you're one of the rare guests that gets the in-person. I Dude, I'm excited. Yeah. You gave me the option. It's been never had one here, have we? Not not in this studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did Ricky Caruth in person, mm-hmm. the CEO of Health South. That was the guy from Health mm-hmm. South. Yeah, and then we did. I think that was probably the last one we did in person. Panini Pete did Panini Pete. That was the same session. Mm-hmm. So that Panini mm-hmm. Pete, uh, the guy from Health South, which was that was twenty twenty one. It's been two years mm-hmm. since we had an in-person guest, mm-hmm. not counting like when we're on the road. Well, you gave the yeah. offer and I said, I got to be here. You know, I'm three hours straight shot on I-10 and I said, I need the shot, man. I got to sit in the room. I, you know, dude, I've had people that were much closer than you 
opt to stay do in the on, office. Yes. And I'm like, Zoom. and I told you, I was like, dude, I was like, you can do either, but it's going to be a lot better if you come in. Yeah, yeah. man, you get the video content. Yep, we get to yep. go out to dinner, to dinner later. Dinner. You know, it's yeah. going to be fun. It's going to yeah, be fun. I'm going to take y'all to a. Uh, it's a it's a, a local place that um it's an Irish pub. It's called McDonald's. Okay, so, I'm joking. <laughs> Am I going to get in a cuss fight with a waitress? No, no. Hey, Bradley, before we before we get started, I, I well, I got so many questions for Adam today. Did you register us to get investigated by the Guinness Book of World Records for? I did. Have they reached back out? Not yet. No. No, we were on a. We were Scott and I were on a. Yes. Yeah, oh, well, I forgot about that. We were yeah. on that big. We were on AM Best TV, which apparently AM Best has yeah. a podcast called AM Best TV. And it's an interesting uh, name for Scott a made a joke. Do what? Interesting name for yeah. a podcast. Yeah. Scott not Scott made a joke. And said, you know, I think Scott, me and Bradley broke the Guinness Book of Worlds. What was our most we did? In the, I want to say 16. 16 I had to go back in a and day. Podcast in yeah. a day? Yeah. yeah. And uh, it hit me when he said Might that. Might have been a two-day like, period, though. It hit me when he, it was at le- it was at least 11 in a day. I think it was yeah. 16 in two days. No, it was no, 11 no. in one day. No, it was more than that. I want to say it was 13. Uh, That's got to be a record. But I'll look back on the calendar. But anyway, he was like, I, when he said that, I was like, wait a minute. Like, why don't I like, register us for a Guinness Book? I love and so, best case scenario, they get back to me and say, yeah. And then I looked up podcasts. There's none for most podcasts done in a day. There's one for the most listeners live, which was like 100,000. But uh, so, either they'll say, yes, you've got it, or the mm. better option mm. is they'll say, you got to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> and we and, make and, and we make this big to do about yeah. it, right? Right? Like, right? 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 The, yeah. The, you know, so that's gonna happen. Oh, like like they have to be there for it or something. Yeah. Yeah. Come on yeah, with they it, send folks. The rep in. I think you have mm-hmm. to pay for that, but I mean, dude, like in my lobby out here, could you imagine like huh? having a Guinness Book of World Records? Like that's got to happen. That's got to happen. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, Adam, I've got so many questions for you. First and foremost, welcome to Mobile, Alabama. Thank you for being with us today. I have been hearing about the company that you have built for some time, but, you know, Bradley has told me about what it is and what you're doing, and I think these agents will all be wildly interested in this. I have not said anything to anybody about it. Uh, I don't remember if Bradley told me not to or not, but I've kind of waited on this moment. Yeah. So talk to our audience today a little bit about what cake is, what you guys are building, and then I'll just I'll step in with questions as you're doing that. But I think they need to know first because they probably think it's some kind of online homeowners quoting. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. No, we uh well first of all, I mean we I'm a sucker for a for a good name. My first job was at Big Ass Fans. And yeah, so Really? Yeah. So ever since then I was like, I gotta have a memorable name. Dude, I was a cold caller. And they dropped me off for like three months in, you know, Dallas, Texas. What the hell is Big Ass Fans? You don't know what Big Ass Fans is? No. Really Big Ass Fans. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, like 24 foot. I love names that are just so obvious. Exactly. It's a big metal, like a big metal cross, and it just goes. You have seen that? Yeah, I have. Like airports. Me and Laurel. Yeah, me and Laurel were in uh, Southeastern Salvage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just here in Mobile. Mm -hmm. And I looked up, and I said, this is how I discovered that company. I said, that's a big ass fan. I was like, "Oh, that's, that's the name." Literally, of it. yeah. And so, yeah. But what's funny is they have like a a, a PG version. Yeah, mm-hmm. they've got so, the. It's called the No Ass Package. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they sell it to like churches and stuff. Okay. You okay. know where you know where that came from? And I I may be making this up, but I was there when this happened. Is uh, Chip and Joanna uh, mm-hmm. Gaines? Mm. Uh, Joanna does not like cuss words, and right. we uh, outfitted the you know the their whole little commune place in wow. uh, in Baylor or near Baylor University, and she wanted the no ass package. So like invoices, boxes, like ass doesn't show up anywhere. But wow. You know, so I'm sucker for a good name. So that's right. that's where Kate came from, and and there's you know reasons for for why that is. But basically, at its core, man, it's an M and A marketplace built for independent agents to play both roles. I think mm-hmm. that's what makes us different, mm-hmm. right? Like the the M and A activity within this space is what got me interested. I came mm-hmm. from manufacturing, right? We mm-hmm. we built a, a marketplace in manufacturing, and you know can talk a little bit about our journey there. But met an agent, he had sold his agency, mm-hmm. was really interested in that process was like, holy cow, that multiple's mm. huge, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like how do people sell this, right? And then started to figure out, hey, if you're a, a five or a $10 million agency, right, ARR, uh, annual revenue, you can sell to AccuSure or to Hub tomorrow, but there's this huge section mm. that's smaller, Which right? is the majority of the industry. 83.7% yeah. make less than $1.25 million. Wow. and like the breakdowns actually are are really interesting, right? Like, that's 83 total. million EBITDA or gross revenue? Revenue. revenue. Okay. Gross right. Revenue. Yeah. And then uh, the the numbers underneath that, 22% are 500K to 1.25 million. And then 24% are 150K to 500K. And 38% make less than $150,000 in revenue. And shout out to Kerry Wallace for those those data points. I knew as soon as you were in the middle, yeah. I was like, he got these exactly from... Yeah, but I think there needs to be a solution for the agencies in that 83%. Yeah, and if you talk to them, though, like, they don't want to... They don't ultimately want to sell to a Hubbard and AccuSure, right? Yeah. And you talk to a lot of agents, like Bradley, you know, one of your recent podcasts, you were like, I'll buy everybody, right? Yeah. And, like, that's consistent. Like, a lot of agents want to grow... Right. And a lot of agents want to sell to someone that's independent like them, mm-hmm. that looks like them, that walks like them, mm-hmm. treats their customers like them. And that there's really not been a place for those two parties to meet and and to and to meet and analyze the books and you know normalize data sets that are speaking insurance metrics about books of business metrics, right? Like like really building this for agents, mm-hmm. not for PE groups that are looking to get in and acquire. And, and one that's of the what Cake wants to do. One of the yeah, one of the things you see too amongst normal agents like us mm-hmm. in some of these Facebook groups, the most popular question around M and A is how do you find agencies for sale? Mm-hmm. There's not a good solution in our industry. Yeah. So which is why I fell in love with you guys when when you first came across my desk of like this is because I've seen it in other industries, right? It exists mm-hmm. in the SaaS world. Yeah. Um, what's that? Is it acquire.com acquire. yeah. where you can buy a SaaS company and mm-hmm. they're completely vertically integrated from start to finish, make it super easy. In fact, I almost bought a uh, an AI driven uh, blog company just to churn out content, just to churn out content. And it was super cheap. I think they wanted like 15 or $30,000, but they were doing that much in revenue. Mm. And I almost bought it and I, and I got distracted. Like and it two, was gone. Two weeks later, ChatGPT launched. Oh. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm glad I did not do that. That would have just completely, talk about Set lighting it on $30,000, yeah. which the, yeah. sto- the story of that would probably be worth more than $30,000. Yeah, yeah. But, you know. Um, you just mentioned it, Bradley, but I want to get back to it as well. So let's say I'm an agency that wants to buy or sell. 
how much of the work behind the scenes is being done by Cake to kind of get this thing packaged up to say, yeah. here you go. What's that, yeah. Yeah, what's that process look like? Yeah. How- yeah. So, I mean, a couple things. I, I think it, it looks different now than it will in probably the next six to 12 months. So one of my like core tenants is, you know, you mentioned I'm from Kentucky, right? Came from manufacturing. I think when a lot of folks uh, in the tech world are coming to like more like pillar industries, right? They're like, there's like a savior mentality, right? Like, Hey, you guys have been doing it wrong for 150 mm-hmm. years and we know how to do exactly what you should do. Right. right? And we're going to solve all your problems. And then what they don't do is get into the weeds with the folks and then they look like idiots and it doesn't work. Right. And so, you know, you were saying you've heard about cake for a while. I think our, our process that we've been doing right is, getting with agents. So like I've, I've talked to Bradley a ton, you know, Carrie Wallace isn't an agent, but she, she sits next to him all the time. You know, the, the whole hit list, Chris Paradiso, Daniel song, but then anyone also that'll talk to us and trying to learn the weeds. And so the process right now, what we can do and my co-founder, John, he was the head of data and algorithms at Zometry, which would give you an instant price quote on a, on a CAD file drawing. Right. Mm. So NASA, SpaceX, Ford, department of defense, like big projects. Right. And so we're doing a something similar here where we're doing an AI book of business valuation tool. And I think that's the first step, right? You know, the multiples, it's rumor based right now, mm, yeah, right? Yeah. right? And the reason that is, again, I don't think it's the agent's fault, right? The, the data that gets reported is for the big deals, mm-hmm. right? And, Correct. and none of the deals that happen at the size we're talking about, there's no Zillow where you can go and check your, your valuation over time or like, track what you're doing in neon, right? And say, Hey, I've, I've increased my valuation over time because I added a bathroom, right? Or I increased my retention rate. And so there's none of that. And so the rumors happen because it's a word of mouth industry that everyone's pretty close. And so you hear what happens and then the deals that get reported are totally different than, than the deals we're talking about. So we want to kind of level set that data through valuations. You also have two things going on too in those situations. One, you've got this agency owner that's sold who's in a lot of cases, entire self-worth is wrapped up into this agency. Yeah. Mm. They're going to exaggerate that number to their buddies. Yeah. Um, number one. Number two, people forget about earnout. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times what's reported is here's cash up front. Best case scenario earnout. It's like the but NFL contract into one. Right. You know, it's like the NFL contracts. You Correct. know, like what's the guaranteed money? Correct. You know, talk exactly. to me guaranteed money. Exactly. Sure. And that's to me, as someone who's been aggressively trying to acquire the last few years, um, a lot of people in the hundred to five hundred thousand dollar in revenue range have a little bit of an unreal multiple expectation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, oh yeah, okay, you might get forex at an accresure or a hub but that's assuming you completely maximize your your earnout yeah, and it's I'd, like best case scenario and what's going to end up happening is two and a half and mm-hmm. and not many people are getting forex no, anywhere no. Right. you know yeah, and, yeah. right and and even two and a half is that's that's a really good agency you yeah. know and and i think so i think you know what we want to do is one normalize the data both when you're analyzing the books right and the valuations and how you're like doing the discovery. And so what Cake does, we allow you to create what we call slices, right? And that's that's portions of your book of business that all add up to be your your full book. And we can value those, right? Now that tool's in in beta right now. And mm-hmm. and I, I kind of go back to 
are, you know, us learning the industry. What we've done is we've partnered with folks that, that do these valuations, like right? Like Carrie, shout out Carrie Wallace. She's a saint on this earth. So you guys aren't making, I think if I'm an agent who's skeptical, I'm, I'm listening to this and thinking, oh, this is some tech guy that's coming in here with his algorithm. That, no. Yeah. That you guys are taking Carrie's process for evaluating an agency and building that into your algorithm. Yeah. Right? Carries and, and additional, you know, data that we've okay. collected. Like, you know, uh, you look at the, the NAICS reporting on the financial reports. Uh, you go, you know, NAICS does financial reports and like market share data. It's important to know where the carriers active in, in that region. Right. Uh, you look at the, the number of agents on like the buying market locally. Right. You also want to, we're, we're planning on layering in things like, <laughs> you know, average home value in that area, right? Like the the disaster reports of, of weather, right? All of that stuff, it goes into premium a little bit, but it's also like longevity, like what's the population yeah. look like there, right? So, but it's it's mainly insurance metrics focused mm. from insurance people that have done these valuations, right? And then, you know, you normalize that data and allow for discovery. And then you open up private chat features and deal rooms to be able to exchange that, uh, like the book of business report, right? right. Or the carrier report. Um, all that's, you know, NDA, uh, enclosed so that you can kind of keep it private. I think that's another thing that's really important is agents don't want to be seen as selling until they're kind of ready to sell, you know? Yeah. And so you, you don't have your name attached to a listing until you find someone that's, that's actually interested and you want to move forward with it. But Scott, what we're, what we're planning on doing is, you know, right now we can give you uh, an estimated valuation and then offer our services for, you know, um, increasing that through Carrie and, and some other folks, right? And then we help you inload the book up and there's buyers on there right now. Uh, we, we officially launched 9-1, which I, I think the podcast will be out after this. Uh, but we officially launched 9-1. And, but there's already buyers on there kind of, you know, drooling to, to get, mm -hmm. to get some, some sellers on. Um, and then we help you move into a deal room. And that's where I think it's important to highlight our team. What we're trying to do is we're trying to be a sponge and learn. So we know the, we know the puzzle that is the, the M and a, you know, transaction, right? You need an LOI, you need to exchange the, the, you know, book report, the carrier right. report. Sure. Uh, you need to have a buy sell agreement, you know, the standard are now periods, right? And you can kind of help give that guide. Mm -hmm. But then we're also working as we see a few of those transactions take place, you know, what can we productize and mm -hmm. what can we automate? And then what still needs that personal touch, right? And so, you know, we're new and, and we're, there's still things to be built. Um, but I think we're building it the right way by, by talking to agents, by, sitting in the transaction and saying, Hey, you get, you get white glove service and you know, I'm, I'm blood, sweat and tears right now. And, and we're building this thing. Um, so yeah, we're excited to, to, to hit the market and get started. So that's sort of a seller's perspective, right? You know, I list my book of business. Nobody knows who I am until, yeah. until it's matched up. You go into a, a buyer, a room, so to speak, mm -hmm. uh, virtually, or I guess in person. Um, and you well, know, it's the deal rooms virtual, deal but rooms you, virtual, you're okay. able to like, it's similar if you ever uh, kind of heard uh, uh, founders talk, right? Like I've got to have a data room when I'm getting any mm. sort of outside investment, right? To send to them for them to be able to like go through my data. And you want to have something that's structured, consistent, right? Kind of industry standard. And then you just give access to that room. And right. I think it, it, it removes a lot of the, the fear and uncertainty on the seller side because, mm. um, you know, a lot of these folks, if they're talking to a PE, 
you know, firm and they're like, what's your EBITDA? And maybe they're not running the, you know, either the correct P&L, right? Because there's some people try to bastardize kind of standard P&Ls for insurance. Um, or they, you know, don't have a really clean P&L. And or they had to Google EBITDA before. It, yeah. I think everyone knows that's a financial acronym now, but like not everyone kind of knows what goes into that. And so, you know, I think what we want to do is, is respect independent agents as, as the entrepreneurs that they are, right? And say, look, we're not talking PE, you know, language here. Let's, let's talk insurance language mm-hmm. and get down into the metrics that are important for, a buyer who is another independent agent to know how they're going to ingest that book of business um, in that transaction. Well, hello there. Guys, excuse me for interrupting your regularly scheduled podcast, but I'm here today to get you out of aggregator and cluster jail. This may be the most important message I've ever delivered on the Insurance Guys podcast. Guys, are you a member of a cluster or an aggregator? Does your contract have exit fees, termination payments, buyback provisions? It's time to get your freedom back and do what we did here at iProtect Insurance. Join the AC, the future of aggregators in our industry. Best decision we've ever made, guys. Best decision we've ever made. No entry fees, small $200 a month membership fee, over 50 plus carriers for direct appointments. And by the way, new ones coming on board each and every month. You keep 100% of your commissions, profit sharing every year. Guys, we have made in the last two years, each year our agency has made over $100,000 in profit sharing. Here's the best part, guys. And this is the part I'm the most passionate about. No termination or exit fees. You give the AC 60 days notice and you're free. You go get direct appointments wherever you want. There's no buyback provisions, no exit clauses. Guys, if you're a member of another aggregator and you have termination fees, buyback provisions, exit clauses, every single policy you write, you're digging that hole just a little bit deeper. And one day you're not going to be able to get out of it. It's going to be too much. You're going to be taking out a second mortgage on your home to try to get out of a cluster group. Unbelievable. Guys, go to acfree.org. That's acfree.org and register. Find out why over 650 agencies and $3 billion in premium have chosen the AC. And guys, here's the best part. But wait, there's more. Mention the Insurance Guys podcast when you talk to these guys and you get six months, that's six months of no membership fee just by mentioning the Insurance Guys podcast. Go today, www.acfree.org and let me help you get your freedom back. Have a great day. So the other side of that, if I'm a buyer, yeah. Yeah. take me through the buyer's journey. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the As buyer today, with, yeah. you know, uh, We'll do a future podcast yeah, and update you guys on the journey. But as it stands today, kind of yeah, what's it look like? I think what buyers get is, you know, you were talking about the multiple rumors, right? And like what people uh, expect to see, you know, I think what, what, when a seller is uploading their book into a marketplace with other books, 
they can compare and contrast a little bit and it, it helps to level set and to create a market naturally where right. you can't really ask for four X when everyone else is getting two point mm. five or two X, right? right? And and then buyers also um, you know, I think one of the features that we're we're launching within the next month is a buyer profile. And so one of the things that we want to keep in this transaction, right, is you know, I think this is such a personal touch industry, right? That anytime you're talking about automation or technology, sometimes it gets a little scary. Well, like, how do I keep that personal touch? We want buyers to be able to tell their stories. Like, we, we've got a guy in Des Moines, Iowa, who's like, hey, I whenever I get someone on a phone doing a transaction, I know of one. Because I say, you know, does your, uh, do your employees have health care right now? Mm-hmm. No. Well, I offer health care and I cover half of it, right? I give them equity. This is my... And so he gets to describe that process. And... You said before the podcast started, there's so many different ways to win, you know? I think what buyers get to do is present the the deal they're looking for, yeah. you know? Like, one of the things we haven't really touched on is this fractional transactions, you know, which is going to be interesting to see how agents kind of utilize that. Yeah, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so, like, for example, there's another buyer that says, if you have a single surety line, right, I'll buy it. If you've got five, I'll buy it. You know, commercial trucking. That's another one. There's these weird lines. Personal lines. There's a lot of people selling their personal lines. Personal yeah, lines. yeah. Personal lines. Like, you know, maybe you've got non-standard, right? And a lot of people say, I won't, like you said, you know, uh, if it's non-standard nationwide, you'd love it, right? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, it, some people say that, like, you know, and say, that's not real. Mm-hmm. You don't want that. But there is folks that, that take non-standard because they know they can get a little bit of a deal on mm-hmm. it, Right. And they trust their process and they're like, look, I've got a, a pretty good, you know, back end like here and I'm ENS. used to it. A right. lot of people shy away from ENS. I'll take it all day long. Like I, I'll, I'll put us up against any agency in the world on ENS. Yeah. So I think your know, personal lines on the fractional side, th- there's still some things to be solved. Like what does the non-compete look like if you're selling, you know, just if you've got monoline home, but yeah. like you had their auto with somebody else, right? Like that's a weird that's, scenario. To me, that's where selling a book of business for a carrier gets weird is when you have yeah. a home with, and, and you see that more and more across the industry where you have monoline home and then the auto is with a carrier on monoline yeah. auto. And it, it, that's to me where it gets weird. But I think commercial, especially niche commercial, yeah. it's a little cleaner. Yeah. And, and I think that's really interesting because, you know, when you look at it, it's not something that, because a lot of transactions, what happens is they'll buy the full book, the full agency, right? And then they'll say, man, 15% of this. I They really wanted the Liberty book. Yeah, yeah. They're like, I don't give a shit about 15% yeah. of this. And so they either give it away or just, you know, don't renew it, right? But that could go to a buyer who really wanted that, yeah. right? And so I think this fractional transaction, the the slices, it allows an agent to maximize the value of their each piece of their book, right? And also I look at the buyer. So you're talking about the buyer journey. Mm-hmm. You know, buyers access to capital right now. Like if you didn't make acquisitions kind of in the free for all, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, and you put a you know a little piggy bank away, you're sitting in a great spot to be able to to buy agencies because there's going to be a lot of acquisition opportunities. If you don't have capital sitting away, one way to access capital is to slice off a piece of your book that is not something that fits kind of your strategic vision of mm-hmm. your your growth over the next couple of years. Sell that and reinvest it into another slice that's on the platform. And so really what we want to do is give optionality and control back to independent agents 
to control when they sell, how they sell, right? But also how they grow. You know, I think inorganic growth is really attractive, especially in this market. Hey guys, it's Bradley. Look, are you tired of spending endless hours searching for potential business prospects? Look no further. With Leo, you can gain access to a whopping 40 million businesses. That's 40 million prospects in just seconds. Say goodbye to painstaking searches and hello to efficiency. You guys know I'm all about efficiency. Leo just isn't about speed, though. It's about accuracy, too. With Leo's cutting-edge tools, you can validate new producers faster than ever before. No more wasted time on unreliable data. Leo's got you covered. But that's not all. Leo empowers you to carve your own niche market using unparalleled data insights. Want to target specific dates for workers' comp? Done. Need to identify brokers or carriers to focus on? Leo has your back. And here's the icing on the cake, guys. Leo lets you search prospects based on size, revenue, dates, violations, and more. The possibilities are literally endless. Step into a world of business possibilities with Leo. Revolutionize the way you connect, target, prospect, and succeed. Don't miss out. Join the Leo community today. Go to meetleo.com, and when you go to book a demo or reach out to them, put in the how did you hear about us field that you heard about them on the Insurance Guys podcast or IGP for short. You'll get 20% off. Talk to the folks at Leo. Highly recommend them. Thanks, guys. So imagine this. Consider this scenario. Pick a carrier. Uh, travelers. Okay, let's say you need another $500,000 favorite scenario travelers this year to hit contingency. They have a $700,000 travelers book. You go buy that book, make sure you work it out with travelers first, but you're buying the real estate at 60 cents on the dollar because, you know, let's say you're paying a one and a half, two times multiple, but really you're getting five Mm -hmm. because you hit bonus. That's where this gets really strategic Uh is being able to look like right, like right now, we're looking for a progressive book for the exact same reason. Yeah. Because progressive is not competitive where we are at all for homes. So if I can find a book that's bundled, I can hit bonus the same way. When you say Georgia or North Carolina, what, where were you looking? Pretty much where I'm looking is draw a line down the center of the United States vertically, everything to the right, subtracting New England yeah. and Florida. That's pretty much. And Louisiana. And, Louis- and Louisiana. <laughs> hey, Bradley, I got a question for you. You've been bullish on buying a book of business mm-hmm. for really the past year. Mm-hmm. And you've looked at a lot of them. You, you know, dated or whatever. And and it doesn't, I don't know, has any of them, have, have any of them come to fruition? And if not, why, why has it been so, because I think that information to yeah. them oh, yeah. is yeah, yeah. huge because you're like, well, I'm doing this on my own right now and here's the issues I'm yeah. seeing. So there's a few things. Uh, and that's actually a good question because I think the listeners can get something out of this. There's been a few of them I've lost because I didn't think the person was as serious as they are. Mm. Um, most of those didn't get to the point of a PL on my desk. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one recently that I lost that would have been a slam dunk that I didn't think the guy was serious, and then he ended up selling it for a super low multiple. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a few that I've lost because the person wanted too much. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was there was one guy I talked to that I really wanted, had an auto owner's contract, which that was the reason I was interested. And he wanted, I think, four times. And this was a $200,000 revenue agency. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting there in his office trying to decide, okay, am I going to be the one who tells him and risk him getting pissed off at me? Yeah. Or 
am I going to play it slow and act like I'll pay that and then let somebody else be the bad guy? And then he comes back. Yeah. I do think it's interesting that you keep coming back to size though on multiple, because yeah. for me it's like, uh, and again, you know, this is, um, one of the things that's really important for us is, is just being a sponge and learning. Yeah. Right. And, but to me, if you, uh, if you strictly look off size, you're yeah. limiting yourself a little bit because sure. what if it's a 200,000, you know, book that's home, for right. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But the, you, you know, the average home value is 180,000 versus yeah. a $200,000 book right. on home that is a 500, a million right. dollar home. Right. Well, like those, those look a little different and, yeah. And, and they, it, like, what's the loss ratio historically on right. the book, right? Like, um, and so to me, like, size, and this is where mm-hmm. slices, I think, become a little bit attractive, right? If mm-hmm. you can start to drill down to, like, the data points that you need to start to imagine that in your book, then size becomes less of the, mm-hmm. the kind of the judge. Sure. And it's more, you know, I love your metric. If I took this dollar and invested in, in marketing, could I get this client, Right. right? And could I get the client that makes the most sense for my book or am I going to get, you know, a mix of clients? And, and so it's really, well, that's kind of how I looked at that one. Yeah. Is I was, you know, four times on 200,000 revenue, that's 800 grand. Yeah. It's gotta I mean, be really good. Clients. We add, we add $2 million in new premium every, like if we add $2 million in new premium mm-hmm. this year in the agency, I'm going to be pissed. Mm-hmm. Like our goal is much bigger. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, but that, that one I lost. And then I had another deal what happens is you get an LOI on some of these deals and then all your attention goes to that one. Yeah. And then you miss some opportunities along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and that the deal with the person who wanted too much, th- then they end up selling to someone else for less. That's happened to me twice. And then I had one that it was a book of business. Yeah. It was a trucking book that made it all the way down to the day before closing. And my due diligence is pretty my strategy is let's get an offer in your hands as fast as possible and then do due diligence, mm. not the other way around. Mm. Um, went all the way through the due diligence, everything checked out day before closing, the seller backed out. I can't say why I'm under an NDA, but it was nothing to do with me. Right. Um, and then I've got one now that is bigger than all of those maybe combined that I think is going to sign the LOI. Indicated to me last week is going to sign the LOI. So... so that's Here, that's kind of the story. Yeah. Here's my question to Adam. My question is this. Uh, do you feel like you'll have more agencies sign up as sellers that are entire agencies or more fractional agencies? Yeah, man, I love this question. So I think it's it's uh we're going to have two waves, right? So uh, 17% of agency principals right now are 66 or older. Uh, the average age is 54, right? And the, the, the cohorts we were talking about, the size of revenue, uh, 66% of the total book for that cohort is managed by older producers. So that is, those are smaller agencies on the, on the revenue side. And that's the largest percentage by cohort, right? And so I think what's going to happen, the, this is across a industries, right? They're calling it the silver tsunami or the mm-hmm. great wealth transfer, mm-hmm. right? You got a lot of baby boomers retiring. Sure. So I think early you're going to see more book, the full agency or, or full book sales, right? Um, now, what's interesting there, right, is 
does it go to multiple buyers at once, right? Or does someone prefer to ingest the whole agency? And so I think there's still a place for the fractional, but for the most part, it's going to be full agency, full books, right? You have, you know, the folks that are looking to retire. And then you also have, you know, unfortunately, I think scratch agencies that founded uh-huh. a year or two ago that can't write new business, right? And say, man, I th- I man think you're this shit's for the dogs. That. Like I got to get out and I'd like some, some cash to get out. So you've got, you know, two, two, uh, two ends, right? The people that are at the end of their career and then the folks that just bad timing, I think. Unfortunately, I think, I think we're about to have a lot of that. Yeah. And me too. I, I do as well. And, but then I think the, the next cohort, right. Is, and again, this is a hypothesis at this zone, but when you talk about, talk to agents, um, I think that you, you start to see folks that are buyers and sellers. And so they're optimizing their book, um, kind of strategically around niches, around carriers, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. So if I'm a buyer or a seller and I want to get started with you guys, what's, what do I need to do? Yeah. So accounts are free in September, right? And so what we want is for, for folks to come on. Mm-hmm. And so a free for sellers or buyers? Both. both. Okay. Yeah. So come on, meet and greet, right? So yeah. create your account. If you're a seller, what you do is you create a, a, a listing, right? And uh, you know, I'll post my cell phone, my email, my zoom link, whatever, anybody that wants to talk to me that needs help. We've also got a a seller success team that can help there, but it's, it's fairly, uh, it's fairly straightforward, right? We need carrier, we need total premium, Mm -hmm. number of customers, Mm -hmm. number of policies in the state that it's in. Right. And the goal of the listing is to be, uh, interesting enough for a buyer to reach out and want to, to to start that conversation. Then you move into that private chat. But yeah, so accounts are free, you know, super easy to create them. Uh, if you want to create a listing, then you go on and it's, again, it's not tied to your name, right? It's tied yeah. to a username on the, on the platform and you can start to, to see offers coming in from buyers, when right? you see insurance granny 69, you know, it's Scott. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Does the buyer get a profile or does the buyer? Yeah. Just... So the, the buyers aren't visible to the sellers yet. Now that buyer profile is, is coming at the end of September, right? Okay. And, and that is where, you know, one of the things that we, we also want to be able to offer is for sellers that are very interested in working with, you know, either a buyer locally mm. or someone they know of, right? Mm. Or someone whose story resonates with them, mm. right? They can submit their offer kind of directly to that buyer. Um, but the buyers get to see the listings right now. Then you get to open the chat, request to move to a deal room, and then that's when you get into the the LOI, right? It's NDA, you know, locked to get in there. And you can start to exp- exchange. The deal's locked down at that point. Yeah, I yeah. think, well, it's, you know, that, that's the, you're getting into home, you're, you're heading into home, you know, like yeah, some yeah. deals fall apart, yeah. right? Like, um, but then we're also, we've got, uh, third party services that will layer in from a legal and accounting standpoint. Um, and also financing as well. Yeah. And the, the financing side, we're still, you know, locking that in. Yeah. Uh, I've got a meeting with a few of the folks that you're probably thinking of, uh, yeah. over the next two weeks to, to lock that in. But, um, what we want to offer is, is financing for, for buyers, mm-hmm. uh, to, to kind of aggregate the demand on the finance side, um, to get them locked in on good deals, good rates. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have two questions that I know people listening are thinking. Yeah. Uh, one, I've asked you this before, what prevents the big boys from coming in and just buying everybody? Yeah. And then two, how do you make money? Yeah. So, uh, honestly we've talked to the big boys and they're really not that interested in, in acquiring what they're interested I think in is watching a little bit, uh-huh. you know, and like, 
again, I think the the agency that that starts at 1.25 million and then you know smartly acquires over five years to get to eight, that agency is a lot more interesting to to the big boys mm-hmm. than the smaller transactions happening kind of all at once. Um, and so I think they're they're not unaware, right? But they're uh, they're actively you know uninterested and and yeah. kind of competing. a lot of those guys have locked down their M and A activity too. Yeah, they're they're really not kind of acquiring nearly as much as yeah. again. That's a rumor based thing where it's like, yeah. well, I could sell to Hub or AccuSure, and it's right. like, well, they're really not buying that many people. Right. But so you know, I think it nothing keeps the big boys. But uh-huh. what we do as as product designers, right, is we build our products for the folks that need and will use them the most. Right. So you, you, this leads into like how we make money too is, you know, if I'm, if I'm launching a financing option, right. I'm going to want a little piece of, of that pie that I'm, I'm passing it through. Well, AccuSure is not going to create any sort of financing for a deal through me. Uh Right. And so you, you build products for independent agents that are going to be buying. And so our full focus is facilitating independent agents playing both roles of this. Yeah. Uh, right now it's a subscription fee. So 39 99. Um, and again, you know, September it's, it's free. Um, but, but when we're actually launching our transaction engine, which is probably Q1, Q2 next year, Uh this is where you can check out, track the 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 performance of that deal over time always go back and reference and exchange that that money actually mm-hmm. taking place on that platform um you know then we're taking a little cut of the the transaction itself the data you're gonna have oh yeah a year in is gonna be, yeah i mean the data it, you're gonna have five years you look at a it's like, a it's a zillow right yeah, and yeah. it's like you'll be able to track that. Agents, right. yeah but Scott, you were asking I would almost like position it that way yeah well you're asking like services like man we're right now we're helping agents like uh structure their data correctly so send me like email me directly your your book of business report right and i'll clean it up so it looks better and and buyers can can see it right um we're working on data transfer so uh, actually cleaning up the the book from the seller so that the buyer can ingest it. So there's a lot of things right now that we'll do to help sellers and buyers so that we can kind of explore what makes sense from a product perspective and you know what we want to launch over the next year because uh, again this is designed specifically for the independent agents and it's, it's very apparent like. That yeah. that's the case yeah. just to be honest with you that's not me saying that like you're not paying us anything like yeah it's we've known each besides other for a t-shirt a, we've been, yeah besides a t-shirt uh that i forgot to put on and scott <laughs> did um you know we've we've talked a couple times a month for about a year now yeah. and it's it's very apparent where you guys are focused where you're headed just based on who you have in your stable yeah you're working with albie knight carrie wallace Shout out 101 Weston Labs. What an accelerator, man. That was awesome. You know, know, that's been one of the more interesting things I've done being on their advisory committee. I just kind of said yes because it was Aubie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I've had more people reach out Hmm. and say, man, I saw you're in on 101 Weston Labs. That's awesome than I ever expected. Like, so it's, uh, it's awesome. And, you know, it's funny with this man. You know, one thing I've talked about on the podcast before, um, is if you look at other industries, mm-hmm. you can almost predict what's going to happen in yours. Mm-hmm. You know, an analogy I've given is the fashion industry. If you go to Europe, you're going to see some weird fashion 
that you're like this that's stupid mm-hmm. but then eventually it makes what do you it call the lululemon pants yeah exactly fancy pants fancy pants yeah. eventually it makes mm. its way over here yeah right mm-hmm. and it's the same thing if you look at tech or you look at industries that tend to be pushing the envelope you can almost predict what's going to happen in the insurance industry mm-hmm. it allows you to kind of see things and carrie and i had a conversation about kate because we saw acquire.com and mm-hmm. we're like that's going to happen in our yeah. industry and to some people that may, if we don't tell that side of it, like, man, how'd you guys know this was going to, like, because it happened in the tech world first. I think what's important though, is that you don't just port over tech to an industry. Like you got to take the time, especially insurance, man. Like my head is spinning with (laughs) from the last 12 months of just taking in data. uh, And just learning from 12 months ago. And you think, man, that guy knew so little. I know, man. It's crazy. It scares you when you think about yourself five years from now, looking back to now, you know, like, uh, well, I'm excited about that, man. I can't wait to be an expert in insurance, but, um, you know, it's not porting over tech just to port it over and then say, they'll figure out how to use it. It's, it's designed specifically for, yeah. the the pain points and opportunities within insurance guys we are today talking about a transformative potentially transformative new opportunity for all you agents out there hope you'll go out and take a look at it i believe brad website? i believe bradley coined it the zillow of the insurance industry so yeah, yeah i was about to ask you adam what how do these agents go out to start creating their profile yeah www.haveyourcake.com uh you can also find me on uh linkedin backslash adam b-o-w-e uh and i meant what i said man dm me email me sign up on the website we're trying to talk to to anybody and everybody buyer seller whatever you want uh i got time for you right now cool and I love the fact that you keep using the term right now because, you know, obviously your hope one day is you're going to have to scale a little yeah. bit more. And you, you may not get as much of that yeah. Adam white glove service because, you know, you hope you get to, you know, five, ten, twenty thousand agencies on here and you're like, oh, we got to hire some more people. Well, I'd like to remove the need for the white glove. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. like I think a lot of people say they want, uh, you know, that personal touch on some things, mm-hmm. right? But like, Ultimately, you want customer service. Like, it'd be great if you could text them your question mm-hmm. and they text you, it's fixed, right? right? And then for buying a big thing, you want to talk to somebody. And so we'll always have that personal touch and that white glove where it's needed, but we want to build the products that allow people to self service and do so confidently. Uh, so that's why the right now, I think, sure. is kind of good underlying. And I'll tell you one thing, Bradley said it a minute ago, but I'll back that up. I think the one thing I find interesting about this too. The more data that you guys collect on buyers and sellers is also going to help when buyers and sellers want to buy and sell relative yeah. to pricing. And now you can show that, okay, you know, these, I don't know how you'll do it, but maybe it would be like you, you don't show the agency name, but these agencies were your size and this particular niche and this is the, this is the same carrier mix. They, yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. And yeah. I mean, I think like Seth's platform becomes right. really interesting. We're mm-hmm. working on an integration with, with neon right now, but you know, your ability to, to market, you know, that's why I push back a little bit on size market KPIs and performance, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and the right. good of your agency right. that can demonstrably impact your value. For sure. And so like, man, it's so like that magic moment for me is when an agent, uh, either, gets the price that they weren't expecting that was over when they're selling or early when they're growing, right? They can take total control over that growth path. 
Like if Kate can give you the data, the optionality and the tools to do that, uh, that's, you know, I get chills thinking about that, man. That's, that's awesome. Cool. Guys, uh, we're going to shut this thing down. Thank you so much for being here. Tell, tell them the website one more time. Yeah. www.haveyourcake.com. That'll be in the show notes too. Awesome. Guys, you were listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. And as I end every episode, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk today. Go out into the big, bad world. Make money for your family, for your wife, for your kid's college fund, and for your parents and your in-laws like mine that are struggling out there right now. Go make money for them and help them out. Figure out what your why is and get out there every day and go hit it. Go write good business for the companies that you represent and write good business for the agencies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, man. Thanks, Adam. Adam, I love you. Man, I got that. I love you. I love you guys, too. Guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for being a part of our family, and we'll see you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at scott at iprotectinsurance.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to portalinsurance.com or email him at bradley at portalinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening to our show and being a part of our family. And we look forward to seeing you again next week on the next episode of the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care.